Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. The U.S. Senate appears to be moving toward a compromise on immigration. Today on the program, we'll ask you where you stand. Do you support the principles in the Utah Compact? Do you prefer an Arizona-style solution? Should any plan lean toward border security and enforcement or a path to citizenship for those now here illegally? Should Utah implement its currently delayed guest worker law? What's been your experience with illegal immigrants? And what does a good solution to the immigration problem look like? There's a new project called Bibles, Badges, and Business. And two of our guests are involved with that. Former Utah Attorney General Mark Shirtleff joins us. Welcome back to the program. Thank you, Tom. Good to be with you. We appreciate you joining us. Natalie Gochner is Associate Dean in the David Eccles School of Business at the University of Utah and Chief Economist Senior Advisor to the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be with you. And we're also joined by Delta resident Jane Porter, who is a legal immigrant from, I believe, England. Yes, that's right. Okay. Uh, We welcome in uh, Jane Porter. Uh, Let me start with uh, Mr. Shirtleff. Before we get into uh, immigration, as uh, the former top law enforcement official in Utah, Mr. Shirtleff, I wonder, I'd be interested in your reaction to the bombings at the Boston Marathon. And uh, the next marathon coming up happens to be the Salt Lake City Marathon. Well, obviously, our hearts and prayers go out to the victims and the families and the people in Boston and, and to law enforcement in particular so that they can quickly uh, be able to put together the evidence and find out who's responsible so they can stop any, any further type actions. I was uh, attorney general and in the command and control center throughout the Olympics, obviously not long in 2002 Olympics after uh, the horrific events of 9-11 and uh, know what it, what it takes, federal, state, and local working together in order to secure the public. And I'm I'm confident that uh, we, we know how to do that here in Utah. There will be increased security for our marathon and marathons across the country, and I'm, I'm confident that people will be protected. But, again, the key is everybody. There's so many people at these events. Everybody needs to be keeping their eyes open for anything that looks suspicious and report them to any uh, officers. And that especially apply to a, an event like the Salt Lake City Marathon coming up, I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, the key, obviously, is you can have lots of law enforcement involved, but with that many people out there, uh, it, it really requires everybody to be a little extra vigilant, and you, you hate to spoil the, you know, the, the celebration of a great athletic event like that with being worried about this type of thing. But it's just uh, asking people to keep an eye open, and if you see something suspicious, please report it to somebody. Hmm. Well, let's turn to immigration. I want to start with a piece of audio. This is a news report from a couple of weeks ago from uh, KCPW's Roger McDonough. Um, and, and this, I think, will uh, give us a taste of uh, the desire for something to be done with regard to immigration on a national level. It appears there is some movement, at least in the U.S. Senate at this point. Presidents from eight Utah Chambers of Commerce uh, came together to urge Congress to pass immigration reform legislation. Here's uh, Roger McDonough's report. It's about two minutes long. At a press conference on Tuesday, the heads of Utah's so-called Big Eight Chambers of Commerce stated that Congress should pass comprehensive immigration reform before the year is out. Here's the Salt Lake Chamber's Lane Beatty. We need to have people that are statesmen that will step up and make things happen. It is what is driving the economy of the United States. It is what is driving small businesses in the United States. It is what is driving large and medium-sized businesses. And when you have people that have literally looked at these issues now for years to stand up and say, well, we think maybe we need to slow this process down, good night. Because from businesses, we need some immigration changes that are on the streets and that are working, and we need it today. The group making the petition includes the presidents of the chambers from Salt Lake, Utah Valley, Sandy, Davis, Ogden, Park City, Cache, and St. George. 
A common theme expressed by the chamber presidents was that businesses and competition are stifled because of outdated and ineffective immigration policies. Stan Parrish of the Sandy Chamber of Commerce said that one of the problems he was most concerned with was the way the system treats foreign students. I find it very interesting that 76% or three out of every four patents in the United States were filed for and invented by foreign students in our top 10 research universities in America. That's an astounding number. We have students coming here on student visas, getting educations, and then after their student visa expires, we send them home. So in other words, we educate them, we pay for part of their education, we send them home to compete with us. The group says that it expects to work with Senators Orrin Hatch and Mike Lee on advancing sensible and comprehensive immigration reform. Jason Mathis, the head of Salt Lake's Downtown Alliance and one of the architects of the Utah Compact on Immigration Reform, attended the press conference. He echoed comments from Salt Lake Chamber President Lane Beatty that Utah's congressional delegation should get on board with federal immigration reform. If they're not answerable to religious organizations, to the business community, and to the broad majority of the people of Utah, who are they answerable to? The time to act is now, and there is consensus that there are some really easy, common-sense things to do that, uh, that can move this discussion forward. But it's not time to delay. It's not time to, to hold back. It's not time to do a lot more talking. The time to act is right now. In similar news, the attorneys general from 35 states, including Utah's John Swallow, sent a letter on Tuesday to congressional leadership in support of overhauling the U.S. immigration system. With KCPW News in Salt Lake City, I'm Roger McDonough for Utah Public Radio. There's Roger McDonough's report, and of course we've heard uh, some of that audio before. wanted to replay that here just to give the kind of sense of urgency they feel, uh, at least in the part of business. Uh, in fact, uh, Lane Beatty, President CEO of the uh, Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce, um, threatened... Uh, Republican Senators Orrin Hatch and Mike Lee with recall. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't uh, get a move on. Uh, it indicates some some uh, frustration on his part. Uh, Natalie Gochner, you uh, are chief economist and uh, and senior advisor at Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce. I wonder if you could uh, maybe give us the the business case for uh, some immigration reform. What what do you most want to see happen? Well, when you look at the economy right now, nationally or locally, there's so much that we don't control. We have, uh, you know, instability in the Middle East. We have a recession in Europe. We have uh, North Korea doing what it's doing. Uh, We have a lot of things that put our economy at risk. One of the things that we do control is our own legal authority to control our borders and to deal with immigration reform. And we know that uh, it's very important to an economy to have a very flexible labor market, a labor market that provides workers at the hourly level, a labor market that provides workers at the high-skilled level. And right now we do see a shortage in those areas. And we will do right by our economy, right by the families uh, in this country economically if we reform the system and help our economy uh, perform better. The uh, question you were throwing out to you is, uh, what would you like to see in immigration reform? Uh, what does a good solution to immigration problem look like? 
And uh, do you support what's uh, happening in the in the Senate? The number is one eight hundred eight two six one four nine five one eight hundred eight two six one four nine five. What are your concerns? Uh, perhaps you have concerns about immigration reform. Uh, I would like to see more uh, border enforcement and uh, and uh, and border security. Uh, the uh, email is upraxis at gmail dot com. Upraxis at gmail dot com. In a couple of minutes, I'm going to have uh, Mark Shirtleff uh, detail what the, this new movement uh, or or project Bible. Badges and uh, business for immigration reform. I want to bring in uh, Jane Porter here. She's a, a Delta resident and a legal immigrant. Uh, maybe you could uh, just briefly tell us your, your story. When when did you come to the United States, and uh, um, what were you doing in in Delta? Okay, um, I joined the Mormon Church back in 1989, and I met a whole bunch of missionaries and in 1990 I decided to come over to visit those missionaries and you know I was 19 and having a good time and anyway um, when I got here I I uh, kind of fell in love with one of the missionaries and we got married in 1990 and um, then I started the immigration process because I wasn't a visitor any longer I was um, you know a future right to be a U.S. citizen, so that's when my immigration process started, and um, it was a difficult process. It was really expensive. Um, It was time-consuming. I had to have an impeccable criminal history, um, fingerprints, the fees. You know, it was really expensive, but I was glad to do it because I was doing it properly, and you, uh, you are a U.S. citizen at this point. I'm a permanent resident. A permanent resident. Uh, so, how long did it take the the process? Um, at that time, it took about six months. Um, but back in 2006, me and my husband and my four children, we went back to live in England for five years, and we just came back here a year or two ago. And while I was gone, my um, permanent residency expired because I didn't realize I was supposed to re-enter the U.S. yearly to keep it valid. So when I came back in 2011, I had to redo the whole immigration process again, and that time it took nine months. Hmm. Now, you came in through the front door. You came in through the proper process. You're a legal resident. What are your concerns with uh, illegal immigration? Um... My concerns right now are that illegal immigrants are a drain on the society. I work with the public, and, you know, I can see a lot of the illegal immigrants, they have um, free access to benefits, free access to medical benefits and, and WIC and all of that. And, you see, when I went through the immigration process, I, I had to have a sponsor, and I had to swear that I would not be a burden on society once I became a permanent resident. And yet, I'm seeing all of these illegal immigrants that are a burden on society. And, you know, it's not fair that for those of us that do go through the front door and do do this correctly, you know, why can't illegal immigrants have the same standards that we have to stand by? 
We're talking uh, on the program today about immigration. There seems to be movement in the U.S. Senate on a compromise on immigration. Who knows where that will go? But uh, there's a lot of pressure nationwide uh, for a solution on immigration. We're talking with Jane Porter. You heard from her right there. She lives in Delta. She is a legal immigrant from uh, England, a legal resident here. Uh, we're talking with former Utah Attorney General Mark Shirtleff and with Natalie Gochner, Associate Dean of the David Eccles School of Business, University of Utah, and Chief Economist and Senior Advisor to the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce. You're welcome to join the conversation. Do you have concerns about immigration? What would you like to see in immigration reform? 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or upraxis at gmail.com. Do you have uh, experience? With, uh, do you know an illegal immigrant? Uh, are you an illegal immigrant yourself? Perhaps you could, you know, give a, a different name. You could come on the program. Uh, Mark Shirtleff, I wonder, first of all, I, I'm, I'm sure there are some things that have been said you'd like to uh, to respond to. First of all, the Bible's badges in business. What is this? Yeah, well, Tom, this is interesting because uh, all of those uh, nationwide now, hundreds and hundreds of conservatives who are who represent Bible's badges in business, in other words, those who carry Bibles, faith-based communities, religious leaders, uh, badges are, represent the law enforcement communities, and of course business, uh, great chambers of commerce and businesses, uh, corporations, industry all across the country. Uh, everyone is touting the fact that this concept began right here in Utah. And a great leadership we had from like Lane Beatty and Natalie, uh, from uh, Jason Mathis, uh, people like uh, uh, Paul Merrill at the Southern Institute and, and Bishop Wester and, and the LDS Church got behind the Utah Compact was the same concept of bringing those same groups together, uh, people of faith uh, who believed in, in the importance of the soul and individuals and, and keeping families together, law enforcement who understood very clearly that the Arizona-style 1070 drive them out uh, at all costs, uh, drove people underground and actually contributed to, to less public safety, uh, put us more at risk, and of course the, the harm these types of laws are going to do to our economy made it very important. And so this Utah Compact, Utah, a red state, they came together and said, there's something better we can do. There's some comprehensive measures we can take, including the guest worker program and so forth, that has now grown uh, across the country. We've been working for several years on this, and now this national program, Bibles, Badges, and Business, uh, and, and really conservative leaders uh, in BBB, uh, calling on Congress to uh, make major changes. We uh, have met, we BBB, including myself, with all eight members of the Gang of Eight, We've been very involved in encouraging what, what they're what they're bringing forward, and, and are, are very very pleased with the framework that we see being published as they summarized it yesterday to their colleagues, and we'll be rolling out tomorrow in, in full detail. What are you advising the Gang of Eight, and indeed the, the the Congress? What what are some of the bullet points that you would like to see that that are necessary for immigration reform? Well, first of all, absolutely a recognition, and I think this was evident from your other guests that the, that the system has been broken; it needs to be fixed. But we have to have a pragmatic common-sense approach to this. The, we have to deal with the situation as it currently presents to us. It's very highly debatable whether the current uh, those who are here in undocumented status are a drain, but the bottom line is they can be a great boon to our economy if we can bring them out of the darkness, we can uh, legalize their conduct, have them pay a fine, uh, pay back taxes, uh, start you know being, being allowed to be great contributing members of society. And so there needs to be that addressing the issue of those 11 million or so who are here in undocumented status with a pathway to at least permanent uh, residency or legal status, if not citizenship, ultimately. Border control is very, very important. It's a big part of what the senators are rolling out. They're recommending some additional $3 billion in, in border security through surveillance and drones and, and additional agents, uh, some $1.5 more in fencing, uh, efforts to 
create a, a more significant e-verify system and biometric cards for all those who will be working here. Uh, then obviously increasing the number of not only high-skilled worker visas, but guest worker visas, a new uh, W visa, guest worker visa program, and so forth, uh, that will, again, uh, get those those who are here uh, working and legal, let those who want to return home, who are kind of trapped here, go home, and uh, to provide this very important labor that we need and uh, in a very rational kind of comprehensive way. And we couldn't be more excited that to see finally, finally, some bipartisan putting politics aside for the good of the country. Uh, now, the pathway to legal status that you, you see is important, but politically, mightn't that be a poison pill, especially in the House? You're going to hear the word amnesty. Oh, we're going to hear the word amnesty. It's, it's, it's obviously has been misused, and it's, and it's a way for those who are who are closed border folks and who do not want to see any reforms on this uh, to use that and to, cr- to claim everything is amnesty. But those of us who are in the legal profession, in fact, Senator Marco Rubio, one of the great conservative leaders on this gang of eight and nationally, has made it very clear that amnesty means you get a free pass. Period. There's no free pass here. There will be penalties, fees, fines. Uh, pay back taxes and a requirement. But let me let me say this, though. Even if it were amnesty, let's say, let's say we gave it to them. The, the purpose of an amnesty, if that's what you want to call it, is when, when you get to, to a point in your country and realize that, that, that making people's conduct legal, that bringing them into the full light of day and making them full participating members of our communities where they're contributing, that that is more important than, than uh, some other punitive measure, uh, which in this case would simply be round them all, ship them home, and, and we know that's impossible. So that is a good thing. But it, but legally, legally, uh, it is not amnesty, and we need to remind people of that and continue to encourage our legislators, including our two senators. Utah was a lead in this. We we call upon Senator Lee and Senator Hatch to move forward, not piecemeal, but get behind this great, comprehensive, pragmatic, common-sense reform. We're talking about immigration on the program today. We're talking with uh, former Utah Attorney General Mark Shirtleff, with Natalie Gochner, who's Chief Economist and Senior Advisor to the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce, and Delta resident Jane Porter, who is a legal immigrant from uh, England. You're welcome to join the program. We hope that you will with your perspective on this. Where do you stand? What would you like to see in terms of immigration reform, if if any reform? 1-800-826-1495 is the number, 1-800-826-1495, or upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. We'll continue this discussion following a break. Utah Public Radio has been on the air for 60 years because of you. You are UPR. Move us forward by making a financial contribution as spring fundraising gets underway today with a web pledge day. Our goal is 100 pledges. Make your contribution now at upr.org. That's upr.org. Everyone who completes our online form will be entered into one of two drawings for a rejuvenation package for two at Green Valley Spa and Resort in St. George. Each package includes a two-night stay in a grand suite, all meals and snacks, fitness classes, daily guided hikes, and healthy lifestyle workshops and classes valued at $2,200. Your pledge will help continue the legacy. Pledge your support at upr.org. That's upr.org. And thank you. Support for Access Utah comes from the Utah Humanities Council, enriching cultural, intellectual, and civic life by providing opportunities for all Utahns to explore life's most engaging questions and the wonders of the human experience. 
I'm Tom Williams. We're talking immigration on the program today. U.S. Senate appears to be moving toward a compromise on immigration. The uh, so-called Gang of Eight has uh, hammered out what appears to be a compromise. We'll see what happens to that. We'll ask, uh, we're asking you what, uh, where you stand. Do you support the principles in the Utah Compact? Do you prefer an Arizona-style solution? Uh, do you lean more toward enforcement and border security or a path to citizenship or legal status for those now here illegally? And our guests include uh, former Utah Attorney General Mark Shirtleff. We're talking with Natalie Gochner, Associate Dean in the David Eccles School of Business at University of Utah, and Chief Economist and Senior Advisor to the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce, and with Delta resident Jane Porter, who is a legal resident of the United States, uh, coming from uh, England. I want to start uh, this segment with Jane Porter. I wonder, you, uh, I'm guessing you made reference to some uh, illegal immigrants, undocumented immigrants. Do you, you know some of these people? I do. I do. And do you do you talk with them? I do. Yeah. What what is that good. what is that conversation uh how's that conversation go? You came in through the front door, they they came in illegally. What do you what do you tell them and what do they tell you? Well, I'm curious to know how they did it and and you know, they they're quite open about the fact that they're here illegally and that they can obtain fake social security cards, fake passports. I mean, you can go online and and get these things for $75. And what concerns me, I mean, I'm all for immigration, but it has to be done legally. Um, immigration is a wonderful thing. You know, we need different cultures in, in different countries. I think it's great. But it needs to be be done legally. And, um, you know, they're, they're quite open about the fact that they're here illegally, and it just astounds me that there's a a lack of um, enforcement within the immigration system itself with illegals. It's just, you know, if I've looked online. I mean, not like I'm going to report these people because some of them are my friends, you know. But if you were to look to see how you could report an illegal alien, it pretty much tells you right there on the INS site that... Um, Nothing is going to be done. You're wasting your time unless they've committed a criminal offense. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing is going to be done because the courts cannot handle um, the amount of work that this would involve. What would you, uh, as this moves forward in the Senate and uh, goes to the House uh, immigration reform, what, what would you like to, to see done, if, if anything, in reforming the system we have now? Oh, I don't know. I'm not a politician. I'm just a, a lay person. Yeah. But um, as far as the guest worker program, um, my concerns with that is that it would be unfair to the immigrants waiting in line for visas outside of the U.S. Um, you know, given the illegals that are already here a pathway to, you know, become residents or citizens, I just think that's an easy way out. And to me, I mean, just on the cover of things, it looks like a way to cover up um, with a big Band-Aid a massive amount of illegals. It's, it's just covering up a big, massive problem. Mm. Um, you know, Mark said that they would be fined and they would have to pay back taxes, and but in reality, that's not going to happen. Now, what what about the people? You, I mean, think you had to wait uh, several months, and then then again, when you when you came back, uh, there are people who wait years and years and years, and there yeah. are people who can never get on the list. Uh, so, uh, uh, imagine you can understand why a person would would come over illegally. 
Oh, I can totally see why they come here illegally. I mean, you know, America's a great country, and it's a great place of opportunity. And, you know, we've even decided, you know, we came back from England because the opportunities were better here for our children um, as far as college and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I can I can see why people want to come from, you know, countries like Mexico, for example, because, you know, they're impoverished countries and America does offer better opportunities. But the immigration system, I believe, needs to be simpler for those people that want to come here legally and to work and live here. It's, it's a horrible, horrible system that you have to go through. Um, to even talk to a human being on the phone was near impossible. Um, and I finally got through one time. I, in fact, I was just um, reporting a change of address for myself. And it took me two hours to get through to a human being. And they were actually an immigration officer, and he did not have the access, or he didn't have the authority to access my file. So I, you know, it was ridiculous. Um, so I think the immigration uh, process needs to be made more simpler for people that want to come here legally, because it's, it's darn near impossible. I mean, I spent thousands of dollars. I needed a sponsor who, you know, he had to have some wealth behind him and, um, to prove that he could support me if I couldn't support myself. And, you know, a lot of people don't have that. I was really lucky that I had a sponsor to do that. Let's turn to uh, Natalie Gochner. Uh, I wonder, uh, putting on your economist hat, um, you do hear these concerns, and one was articulated by Jane Porter earlier in the program, a drain on society, um, taking jobs from uh, U.S. citizens, uh, overall um, you know problems with the economy. You articulated earlier uh, that if we were to able to get some reform, there would be a boost to the economy. I wonder if you could maybe treat the the negative side of that. Uh, are illegal immigrants a drain on the economy? Does it uh, does it drag the economy down? Are are jobs being taken? Jane is raising some very important points and issues, and that is the challenge facing not only the Gang of Eight but the broader Congress as they try to find the right balance that deals with uh, the legitimate concerns, both of, you know, a drain on society and then also the opportunity here for our country. You know, this new proposal is being called ambitious. It's being called sweeping. Um, It's been three decades since this country has done something this important for immigration. And I think the challenge is to find a way to do it that, uh, that deals with the root cause of the problem. And the root cause of the problem is not a porous border, even though that's an issue. But that's, that's more, um, it, 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 that happens. The reason people want to come here is we have so many jobs that are unfilled. And we have to deal with the economic reality that there are thousands of jobs in this country that will be unfilled if, if we don't provide the labor for them. Now, it's very true that we have a very high unemployment rate and a lot of people who are unemployed in this country. Uh, for a whole variety of reasons, they choose not to take some of these jobs or they're not qualified for them. And so it is true in this country that we have a labor shortage at the, at the hourly level 
and at the high-skilled level, and that happens to be the exact components of the labor market that immigrants feel. And so people like to think of immigrants and natives as um, substitutes for jobs, but really they're complements for jobs. Now, there's exceptions to that for sure, and that's the task that the Gang of Eight has, is to carve out the right process to match the legitimate labor needs of this country with people who want to be here and contribute. What do you think the right balance is? Um, Obviously, um, those here illegally right now, that has to be dealt with. Uh, Do you think uh, part of the mix is a guest worker program? What what do you think the right balance is? Well, I applaud uh, what Senator Hatch has been doing for agricultural workers. I applaud what Senator Hatch has been doing uh, to extend uh, visas for um, high-skilled workers. That's certainly part of this new proposal. There will be tens of thousands of new visas offered if they're successful. Uh, That's part of the solution uh, for sure. But you also have to deal with uh, some of the concerns that Jane has referenced. I mean, we can't have people uh, in this country who have committed felonies or or multiple misdemeanors. These have to be people of goodwill. They have to to get right by the law and pay their fines and their back taxes. Um, You know, it's real convenient to point fingers at this. But the fact is we have 11 million people here, and we can look backwards and say, why are they here? What did we do wrong? But the truth is we have to figure out a way to deal with the 11 million who are here. Mm-hmm. Mark Shurtleff, uh, I want to uh, talk about the rule of law. I, I, I'm sure you know who Arturo morales Jan is. Uh, I've talked to him several times. And he, very passionately and sincerely, he's a legal immigrant, uh, a citizen now from Mexico, and he uh, draws parallel to his uh, former country, Mexico, and uh, how the rule of law has been degraded. And he has that worry for the United States. He equates that with uh, problems with, uh, with immigration. Um, I wonder if you could address the, the rule of law. There, there is a legitimate concern on the part of those who, uh, you know, say don't, don't want to have a, a path to uh, legal status or some of these other reforms because they say that that's just encouraging illegal activity, breaking the law. Yeah, well, obviously, we're a nation of rule of law. That's why the, it's important to have law enforcement, public safety advocates as a big part of this push. Uh, the, the, but, but in law enforcement, we know that the key is being pragmatic and dealing with the issues. In Utah, we did this very well. While we had uh, people here who were undocumented, who were driving on our roads, they're going to drive whether we recognize them or not. So, so pragmatically, you say, let's give them a, a test. Let's give them documentation so we have an address if they crash into us. And let's make sure that they have insurance. Uh, it doesn't, you know, people would argue, why why give them that uh, driver privilege card? Because then that somehow rewards illegal conduct. No, it recognizes that they're here, and until the federal government takes care of the problem, in a pragmatic public safety sense, it makes sense to let them be here. The same with in-state tuition. These kids are here. They're, they're Americans for all intents and purposes. They go to school with our kids. They go to church. They play soccer. They go to junior jazz. They graduate, walk down the aisle at high school with their classmates. Why, why shouldn't they be given hope and opportunity then to pay the same the state tuition as their fellow? It's a pragmatic result that then keeps them away from gangs. And so th- there is a lot of misinformation. And, and uh, the gentleman you mentioned, you know, actually took advantage to a certain extent when he was here earlier of, of our laws. And uh, it's important now that we, we focus on how we resolve this problem. And we resolve it by making sure that there's a limit as to who to come in. They have to have been in this country prior to 2012. It's not a draw for future people. But we also have to deal with the, uh, with the ongoing issue of biometrics and making sure that there's tracking, that we do have border security, 
which is all part of this comprehensive reform that is being proposed by the Gang of Eight, by the president, by the, the Gang of Eight in the House, and other uh, uh, legislators and congressmen. It's, it's important that we resolve the problem now and, and not encourage further illegal conduct, but to take advantage of those. And, and the easiest one of all, if we could just get to it really quickly, the most, the one that we all ought to agree with as far as this pathway to citizenship are these, these dreamers, these kids who are here, mm-hmm. who speak English, who don't know any other country, who love this country, who want to give back and contribute by being educated and then, and then uh, being employed in their communities. And that ought to be an easy one for all of us to agree to. I wonder, um, uh, you know, some people say, and I can uh, I can understand their point. Uh, I think it was 1986 was the first uh, comprehensive, uh, or the the last uh, comprehensive immigration reform. Uh, now we have some 11 million estimated undocumented immigrants. Uh, if we are, if the Senate and the House are able to pass something in a few years, aren't we going to just be uh, stuck with the same same problem? Well, that's why it's so important that we've been able to study and analyze that, and that's what that's been a big part of this King of Eight. As I've mentioned, I've met with every one of those senators, and you'll see as they roll this program out, long we've had so far is the summary that they presented to their colleagues yesterday, is that they're going to address those concerns, that they, they cannot, uh, that in order to, to, to make this pass, in order to satisfy enough people in this country, enough legislators to make it pass, you have to be able to close those loopholes that were left in the, in the law last time. Now, those are present, and as I say, the E-Verify requirement and biometric work authorization or green cards that are going to have to have. They're going to a better uh, exit entry tracking system for those who do uh, come here and overstay their visas. There's a lot of things written in this law that will address those, and I think as tomorrow and in the, the following days and hearings that I've been asked to testify before Congress on this, we'll see that those questions will be answered satisfactorily. Jane Porter, I wanted to turn back to you. Uh, in those conversations you have with your friends who are uh, in this country illegally, I, I wonder what they say to your points. You came in the front door that uh, you know, people ought not to uh, come illegally. What do they say back to you? They don't really comment on that, to be honest. Um, um, Natalie was saying about the uh, the 12 million or 11 million illegals or so in the U.S. Um, half of those came here legally to work, to study, or for tourism, but, you know, they, they overstayed their visas, and that's why they're here illegally. Um, some of my friends, their, their parents came over illegally years ago when they were just infants, and, you know, and they weren't born in the U.S., and so... Now they're here illegally, and um, I don't know. It's, it's just a mess. You know, the, the guy that was just talking, sorry, I don't remember his name. Uh, Mark Shirtliff. He was talking about loopholes. Well, you know, it's more like a big fishing net. You know, there's not just a few loopholes. It's, everywhere I look on this, it's just, there's so many loopholes, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's a crime to enter the country illegally, but it's not a crime to be here illegally um for someone to come here improperly an improper entry is a violation of the u.s criminal code but it's only punishable by a fine of between 50 and 250 dollars um you know and so <clears throat> there's not a big deal if you get caught coming over well wow yeah slap on the wrist small fine go back and then the next week you just try and come over again i mean and once you're here, you're here. It's not an offense to be here illegally. And, you know, I see a problem with that because I did come in through the front door and, 
you know, I have to keep my nose clean, and which, you know, isn't a problem for me because I'm a law-abiding citizen, but um, I don't know. It's just not fair that illegals just seem to have more rights than legal residents in my eyes. Mm. Well, maybe Mark Shirtliff, I wonder if you respond to that last point. It's an issue of fairness. You hear that a lot from legal immigrants. And, uh, you know, it seems like uh, Jane Porter uh, coming through the front door has to abide by certain things where illegal immigrants, um, they don't have those same same rules that apply. Well, look, I agree. And, and that's, that's a big concern, obviously. Uh, we are a rule of law nation. We do have to secure our borders. We've actually done a very, very good job of that. Statistically, people understand this when they say we, we we can't do more on immigration reform until we secure the border. Well, you know, when I ran for office in 2000, there were about 8,500 border agents, and we were apprehending uh, 1.6 million people who were crossing the border uh, illegally per year. Uh, now we have almost tripled that number today to 20,000, 25,000 plus border patrol agents, all the additional things we put into place. And last year, we apprehended 300,000. It is working. We are cutting down on the flow, but we're dealing with the group that are here. Uh, and what I would ask those folks who say, we, you know, we shouldn't do reform is, what is the, what is the answer then? Everybody has to admit that, that the drive them out, self-deportation, round them up, ship them out, is not going to work. It's not practical. And so we have to find a practical solution to, uh, to again, not reward those who are here uh, committing crime. we got to go after those guys uh, with a vengeance, but those who are here wanting to contribute, we don't want them using stolen uh, Social Security numbers and cards. We want them to be able to work and pay their taxes, uh, prove that they are law-abiding citizens, that they are contributing to our society, and that's how you, you have to have to deal with those with the current problem. That, with this reform, nobody's going to be happy with everything. But that's what that's the purpose of finally getting Congress to do something in a way that, that benefits this country, and and uh, and that's the answer. Otherwise, I'd like to hear what the other answers are because. Uh, there really is no other solution than to deal with the problem in a really kind of sane, pragmatic, fair, just, and yeah, a humane and compassionate way, because that's what we are here in this country, uniquely American, and that's special to this country, and I think we can do that. We're talking about uh, immigration on the program today, and we're uh, talking with former Utah Attorney General Mark Shirtleff, Natalie Gochner, who is Associate Dean in the David Eccles School of Business at the University of Utah, and Chief Economist and Senior Advisor to the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce, and Delta resident Jane Porter, who is a legal immigrant from uh, England. We're going to continue this uh, conversation after break. By the way, you are uh, welcome to join this conversation at 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. It seems like there's movement in the U.S. Senate anyway toward a uh, uh, compromise on immigration. What would you like to see as uh, bullet points in th- that plan? Uh, the number to call is 1-800-826-1495 or upraxis at gmail.com. Back after the break. Thanks for making it possible for Utah Public Radio to be what we are today, your dependable news, information, and music resource. As we celebrate our 60th anniversary year, your financial pledge will help continue our mission to serve you. Move us forward by renewing your financial support or become a new member as spring fundraising gets underway tomorrow. Go to upr.org. Thank you. Did you know that athletic trainers are healthcare providers who are licensed and certified in 49 of the 50 states? In addition to caring for athletes, they help the military and other physically demanding industries. 
Athletic trainers prevent injuries and help return people back to work or the playing field if they do get hurt. Did You Know That is made possible by the USU Emma Eccles Jones College of Education and Human Services. More at cehs.usu.edu. You're listening to Access U Time. Tom Williams. We're talking about immigration reform. The U.S. Senate, the Gang of Eight, there appears to be moving toward a compromise on immigration. We'll see what happens there. We're asking you where you stand. Do you support the principles in the Utah Compact? Do you prefer an Arizona-style solution? What does a good solution to the immigration problem look like? We've been talking about this with former Utah Attorney General Mark Shirtleff, Natalie Gochner, who's Chief Economist and Senior Advisor at Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce, and with Delta resident Jane Porter, who is a legal immigrant from England. You're welcome to join this conversation. We have about 10 minutes left. 1-800-826-1495. 1-800-826-1495 is the number. You can email us at upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. Start with uh, Natalie Gochner with uh, this question. I'd like to hear from all of my guests on this. I I don't know if I have detected a shift in the tone of the debate. I may or may not have. Um, but it, it, it seems like uh, the, sort of the, the center of this has moved a little bit more toward the middle. And I'm not hearing the heated rhetoric against undocumented uh, immigrants. And uh, maybe the, the tone of the debate is moving a little bit more toward, uh, say, the principles in Utah Compact. Uh, uh, and I wonder, Natalie Gochner, if you see that as well. I absolutely do. Wouldn't it be nice if we could see that on federal budget and fiscal issues as well? Uh, we we appear to be a country that's ready to solve some problems here, and I very much believe that if we can get this uh, proposal out and get the Senate to support it and rally to get the House support, that it will it will not only be a lift uh, for this issue, it will not only improve the immigration problem in our state, but it will help us uh, show that Washington can indeed solve problems and get something done, and maybe it'll help us in other areas. We need Congress to start serving the country and quit arguing, and we are at a pivotal moment. It's time to get immigration reform done. There's going to be a lot of concerns expressed, but we've done a lot of studying. We've looked at the issues, and I think we've got uh, a pretty balanced proposal uh, that's come through this, this group of eight. Do you, what do you think the prospects are? Well, uh, it's, this is complex, and complex issues are, are, are difficult to, to make happen. But uh, I was with uh, Mark uh, earlier, um, late last year, where we were able to meet with many of the Gang of Eight. I'm sure Mark's met with them since then. But, uh, you know, there's significant momentum. And I will say that in Utah, uh, Senator Hatch and Senator Lee are in a critical place to be helpful. Uh, Senator Hatch with his seniority and his track record of working across the aisle. And Senator Lee as a bright, young uh, leader in the Senate who was not a part of the previous uh, de- debacle you know, earlier in this decade. He brings a freshness to it. And I'm confident that these leaders will step up for our state and help get this done. Mark Shirtliff, I want to run a, a comment uh, from a, uh, a writer in the Deseret News. Uh, this speaks to the, that what maybe is a shift in tone of the debate. I'll have you uh, react to this. This is Dia Shah, who's an intern for Alliance for Better Utah, studies political science at the University of Utah. She's a, a legal immigrant herself. She says, I believed, past tense, 
that they, illegal immigrants, brought the burdens of illegal immigration on themselves with their bad judgment. She goes on to say that uh, now meeting many of uh, these people, that uh, uh, she's a supporter of the DREAM Act and uh, believes they can be a good contributor to to society. Uh, I wonder specifically in the, on the question, do you detect a, a shift in the tone of the debate? Oh, there is absolutely a shift in tone of the debate. You know, uh, the, the fiasco really that was the 1070-style reform that other states started putting in punitive measures were we were clearly able to show that they they vastly hurt the economy more than they helped the economy, that it uh, divided communities, that it uh, made the public less safe, that people stopped cooperating with law enforcement. Uh, and, and so you know, we, we found that during the last debate uh, several years ago and during the state's state-by-state debate that the biggest casualty in all of this discussion has been the truth. There's a lot of misinformation about the violent crime um, statistics and natures of those uh, immigrants to our country. Uh, we heard these things almost suggested by Carlos uh, that, uh, that third world crime and, and Mexican crime and, and so forth would, would be brought up here, which was just misinformation. Much of the problem in Mexico with with the death rate and everything else is because of our drug problem in this country and, and our insatiable appetite. And those are really good people who are trying to resolve their issues down there. Uh, but so it is shifting in that regard. It's amazing. I'll just say this publicly: what an election difference an election will make uh, to the Republican Party to see a number of Republicans now stepping up, including the head of uh, the Republican Party, the Republican National Committee, even people like Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity, who was very instrumental in calling everything, everything amnesty last time we discussed this and trying to kill any effort of compromise and, and reform, has said that he himself has evolved on this issue as well. Uh, it's it's something that the Republican Party, the conservatives, understand the need to uh, to include all and to be involved as part of the solution, uh, and uh, get away with this concern that oh we can't give the president a win or we can't get Democrats a win. No, this is important for conservatives and Republicans to step up and say we are part of the solution. We are going to lead out on this issue, and and once again demonstrate to to uh, a minority communities, Latino, Asian, and the others that all turned to President Obama last time and. And rejected the Republican nominee because they felt that uh, that, that they heard too much uh, kind of what they termed to be anti uh, or racist or, or anti Latino fervor, and, and we need to do better because we're not that way as a party. And that was the perception. We can change that by actively being involved in resolving this uh, in, a, in a comprehensive way. Jane Porter, um, I want to get uh, your response maybe to those comments from Madia Shah. She she says she has had maybe a shift in her view of uh, undocumented immigrants. Uh, on the other side. Here's a, one of the comments. They're, they're all over the place. This is the Deseret News, and uh, as often happens in the newspaper today, that the commentary was uh, one page and uh, 15 pages of commentary uh, of comments. This is one of those uh, gentlemen uh, in response to Dia Shah's, you know, uh, compassionate to take. I guess you could characterize it that, that way. He says, cry me a river. If you're a criminal, you get no sympathy from me. And I'm wondering, I'm, I'm sure immigration comes up a lot with, with uh, you know you talking with your undocumented friends and maybe in other situations when people uh, learn that uh, you came in through the front door, what are you hearing lately on on immigration? <clears throat> um, in Millard County, where I live, um, it's it's a sore subject. Um, back in 2010, we had one of our deputies. Um, I don't know if you recall, Chelsea Great House Fox. She yes, was, she was gunned down by. Um, Allegedly, by an illegal immigrant, he he actually um, confessed to the crime, but it was a botched um, investigation, and his 
confession went through the window and he was actually acquitted of the crime. Um, you know, it, it's a sore subject. We're, we're still reeling from the shock of um, Chelsea's death. In fact, she was, you know, a family friend. Um, it's, I, I don't know. There, there needs to be solutions, and I agree with what Mark was saying. It, it can't just be a Republican or Democratic decision. No, we all do need to work together. I, I mean, the Utah Compact, you know, it looks good on paper, but it, it looks real sweet, too. You know, it's like, let's not upset anybody. And um, the part where it says about a free society, immigrants are integrated into communities across Utah, I have to kind of disagree with that. Um, the, immig- the illegal immigrants that we do have here, they, they do kind of segregate themselves. And I would like to see more assimilation in the communities. And, you know, if they come in here for a better life and and to advance in their lives, then why don't they integrate more into society? It, it seems that a lot of times they're just coming here because it's easy to get here and it's easy to get benefits here. Uh, um, you know, if they're going to be here, then please immigrate or assimilate into society. Uh, we're we would de- welcome you with open arms. <laughs> yeah, we're we're uh, coming near the end of the program. I want to. I was going to bring that up. Uh, so I turned to Mark Shirtliff for this uh, this idea of assimilation, and I, I do hear that complaint from from people that uh, that uh, undocumented immigrants um, and you know immigrants from uh, Hispanic uh, areas are not assimilating the way maybe the the old melting pot used to do. Well, I, I would disagree. I mean, there, there are certain, some who, who do not, but uh, my experience is that the vast majority, in fact, do assimilate. Their kids are going to school. Their kids are participating in, in as I say, junior jazz and, and youth soccer leagues and, and Boy Scouts. Uh, they are participating in school. They are doing their best. We, we, we in law enforcement are concerned that the 70% of those uh, gang members in this in this state are Latinos, and it's, and it's because many of those kids are feeling disenfranchised and they can't assimilate or won't be allowed to go to college and so forth. And so we're, we're doing everything we can to assimilate them and to a certain extent that they are. And it is important. It's a good point to make. They must do that. And that's always been my message. Learn English. Obey the laws. Stay away from gangs. Stay away from drugs. Participate as much as you possibly can within the community to make it a better place. Those are all really important. And, and this this uh, this comprehensive reform will allow many to do that. And by the way, I I, I have spoken several times with uh, Deputy Fox's father. I know the family. Uh, that was a, a criminal alien that was here who should have been in federal prison for criminal reentry. We've been successful in Utah, uniquely to other states, and we have a, under my leadership in, in the AG's office, created a strike force to just focus our resources on the criminals who are here. Yes, they're here illegally, and they're here to, to break our laws and to cause harm. And, and you know what, Tom? The, our, the vast majority, 90%, of our confidential informants, those who work with us in order to get these really bad, bad people out of our society, are otherwise undocumented. They're the first line who are victimized. They know these people, and they were co- they are cooperating in a positive way with law enforcement to take care of the bad guys, like the man who, though acquitted, did uh, murder uh, Deputy Fox down there in Miller County. Um, and we are out of time. Uh, Natalie Gochner, um, you can find more about Bibles, Badges, and Business at bbbimmigration.org. Uh, and some of those principles, it looks to, tracks pretty good with the uh, Utah Compact, so that's, uh, it's making a national, national splash. 
Well, it's time to get it done. Let's, uh, let's try and address the issues that Jane and others have raised and, and try and do right by this country and help our economy and, and help people as we do it. And uh, we will leave it there. Uh, more, of course, uh, online. You can uh, respond to this program at upr.org and uh, at upraccess at gmail.com. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to be talking about GMOs, genetically modified organisms, genetically modified crops. That's an important part of a solution to uh, climate change for some people. It's controversial for others. We'll have a panel getting to the bottom of GMOs. That's tomorrow on the program. For producers uh, Danny Hayes and Addison Pace and Lindsay Snyder, I'm uh, Tom Williams. Thanks for listening today.